0: Audio 23, Restoring America, Part 4. O oh Lord, in wrath remember mercy. Habakkuk 3 2. Original sin is sin and is the fountain from which all evil flows in this world. And uninformed and ignorant Americans are running loose all over America without a governor restraining the evil proclivities of their heart. And thus, the undeniable cultural rot surrounds all of us. Yes, the bondage of the will doctrine must become again dominant in America in order that the awareness that original sin is sin might again become a household word. That is it becomes the recognizable talking point of salvation amongst John Q. Public of America. The free will church is forced to put original sin as sin on the back burner, lest their free will doctrine be destroyed. For original sin is sin and is ineradicable, and thus makes us as Americans totally Depraved, making free will in salvation a fiction. Bo- both George Whitefield, the greatest evangelist in American history and maybe of all time, and Martin Luther, the king and the genesis of the Protestant Reformation that swept through Europe, agree that free will is a fiction. The free will church has wildly co-opted Martin Luther's slogan. We are saved by faith alone, but the faith that saves is never alone. And yet Martin Luther himself wrote the book entitled Bondage of the Will in response to the literary, literary giant Erasmus who wrote the book entitled Freedom of the Will. In Martin Luther's Bondies of the Will, he writes that the doctrine of free will in salvation is a fiction. Martin Luther writes That is plain evidence that free choice or free will is a fiction. For like the woman in the gospel, Mark five twenty five. The more it is treated by the doctors, the worse it gets. Martin Luther proclaims, By the power of free choice, none at all would be saved, but all would perish together. Martin Luther goes on, God has taken my salvation out of my hands into his making it depend on his choice and not mine so it comes about that if not all some and indeed many are saved whereas by the power of free choice none at all would be saved but all would perish together likewise george whitfield speaks out against his friend, John Wesley, who began the free will Methodist churches. And he says the following, Jesus Christ would not have had the satisfaction of seeing the fruit of his death in the eternal salvation of one soul. So he writes, you, speaking to John Wesley, plainly makes salvation depend not on God's free grace, but on man's free will. And if thus, it is more than probable, Jesus Christ would not have had the satisfaction of seeing the fruit of his death in the eternal salvation of one soul. Now think about this. We have the kingpin of the bondage of the will reformation, Martin Luther, and the greatest evangelist in American history, if not all time, George Whitfield, proclaiming that by the power of free choice, none at all would be saved, but all would perish together. We as Americans need to wake up for the same George Whitfield, who claims that through the application of the doctrine of free will, no one can be saved, this same George Whitfield warns us and exhorts us that the worst curse that God can send us as Americans are false preachers. Free will preachers fall into this category. Now, let us listen to George Whitfield, As God can send a nation or America or people, no greater blessing than to give them faithful, sincere, and upright ministers. So the greatest curse that God can possibly send upon a people of this world is to give them over to blind, unregenerate, carnal, lukewarm, and unskilled guides. Now, since in America today, our over 300,000 churches, religious TV and religious radio, are controlled by the free will doctrine, original sin is sin, is the fountain from which all evil flows, is not readily known by John Q. Public of America. Today. And thus, original sin today in America is at large and on the loose. For the free will church cannot identify original sin as sin as our enemy number one, our arch antagonist, our sworn mortal enemy, and arch villain of all of us as Americans who know that without moral virtue and the knowledge that giving up liberty. For the mirage or baited hook of government security is like signing the death warrant of America. And because this mortal enemy has become unidentified as a spiritual criminal by the free will church, it is on the loose and freely running unchecked in America, in us as Americans, causing insurmountable damage in ourselves, in our families, in our schools. And in our government institutions, our schools are being dumbed down because of it. Because the public school leaders conflate our sin nature with our talents. Deceitfully telling us we will hurt our children's self-esteem if we have high standards. And some children may actually flunk. Instead of telling us that our student sin nature must be put in check before our children's unique talents can flourish and excel. Free speech is being replaced with groupthink. Corporal punishment of our children is, is almost non-existent and is being replaced with drugging our children with Ritalin and Prozac. Just jail time is being replaced with early release and zero bail programs. To death do us part in our marriages is becoming a byword. American exceptionalism is being replaced with participation trof- trophies at all age levels. That intimacy, which is sacred between a husband and a wife, has become a degenerate free for all, causing Americans once admired. And sought after innocency and righteousness being replaced with Americans' reprehensible debauchery. Trumpeted individuality is being replaced with freeloader groupthink and suck up to the narrative groupthink. Easily accepted, self evident truths are being replaced with blind, propagandized emotionalism. The quest for absolute truth outside ourselves to set us free is being surrendered to the highest bidder that can best and most easily excite an evil desire of our flesh. For the fountain of all evil, original sin has been necessarily neutered by the free will church for putting original sin at the forefront of salvation puts a monkey wrench in their free will narrative of salvation. When the true doctrine of salvation, that is the bondage of the will doctrine is again dominant in America, the true Jesus will be dominant. And when the true Jesus is dominant, truth will be dominant. And when truth is dominant, tyranny will again be put on a starvation diet and will become anorexic and anemic. How we see ourselves before God as a whole, as Americans, will determine whether or not God will keep us as a free country. For if we do not see the necessity of governing our own heart full of the evil proclivities of original sin, what is there for us to govern? All our founding fathers knew that our Constitution was never written For any immoral people. First quote, This Constitution is written for a religious and moral people. It is wholly inadequate for the government of any other. John Adams. Second quote, Religion and morality are the indispensable supports to good government. George Washington. Third quote, We have staked the future of our civilization and all our political institutions upon the capacity of mankind for self-government, upon the capacity of each and every one of us to govern ourselves, to control ourselves, to sustain ourselves according to the Ten Commandments of God. James Madison, our fourth president and father of our Constitution. Fifth quote, It is in the interest of tyrants to reduce the people to ignorance and vice, for they cannot live in any country where virtue and knowledge prevail. Samuel Adams. So seeing original sin as sin is an absolute necessity for us as Americans to remain free. For without seeing our original sin as as sin, what is there to govern? Now let us as Americans be again convinced of the importance of seeing ourselves as God does as we hear Martin Luther's words. Martin Luther, and thus we are all ready to say, I am a most wretched sinner, but seldom, if ever, does a man want to be a sinner. For what is it to be a sinner if not to be worthy of all punishment and trouble? and to confess with your mouth that you are such a person, but to be unwilling to act like a sinner. This is hypocrisy. This is lying. For it befits a righteous man to have peace, glory, honor, and all good things. Therefore, if you deny that you are righteous, you must also deny these good things. And if you confess that you are a sinner, you must take punishments, injuries, and ignominy, that is, public shame, as your own rightful possessions. But you must flee those things as belonging to someone else, which belong only to the righteous man. Therefore, if shame or an insulting word, if beating or an injury, if condemnation or a disease befall you, and you say, I do not deserve it, why must I endure it? An injury has been done me. I am innocent. Are you not thereby denying that you are a sinner? Are you not resisting God and with your mouth convicting yourself as a liar? By Martin Luther from his commentary on the book of Romans. Do not these words of Martin Luther explain why we have replaced individual exceptionalism with participation trophies? replace paddling our children with giving them Ritalin and Prozac, replacing to death do us part with I have no idea, I have a beam in my eye, see you later, for how dare you to accuse me of accusing you of which I am knowingly doing to you, etc. Now the question is, how many of us Americans are there still that see ourselves before God as Martin Luther exhorts us to see ourselves. And if we as Americans do see ourselves this way, do we know why? Who among us is going to deny we are a sinner? And yet how many of us feel we deserve the punishment that befits a sinner? Probably very few of us. Where is the disconnect? Why don't we feel we should beget the punishment that is due us by God? Answer, our heart is yet to be circumcised by God, that we might see our heart as God does, in order that we might bewail and mourn how evil and offensive our sin nature is to God, and also worthy of condemnation. For God, being a just God, cannot wink wink at our breaking of his law. Yes, our sin nature is in and of itself sin. And sin is the breaking of God's law. Our sin nature, being sin, is called the sin of ignorance. For we are born into this world not aware that it is our sin nature that is condemning us to hell. And yet, He that knew no sin, Jesus, would be made sin. That is, made our original sin. And therefore, was necessarily cursed to hell by his father. Because his father is a just father. We are either righteous in his sight, destined to heaven, or we are a sinner condemned to hell. There is no in-between in God's world. So what is the instrument in the scripture to make us feel like the sinner that Martin Luther portrays us to be? That instrument is the law. The law is not to be used to obtain virtue. But the law is the instrument that is to is the instrument that is to be used to make us properly feel to be the damned sinner that Martin Luther so eloquently portrayed that we truly are, but most of us Americans obtain virtue by following the law which is sufficient for national morality or virtue. But following the law is not sufficient for obtaining the ticket into heaven because we cannot follow it perfectly, nor can following it erase or eradicate our original sin. And it is our original sin which is condemning us to hell. So if by following God's commandments, we will find ourselves ending up in hell, what are we to do with the commands of God if we want to inherit eternal life. So let us again listen to what Martin Luther says is the true function of the commands of God. Martin Luther says, The commandments are not, however, inappropriate or purposeless, but are given in order that blind, self-confident man may through them come to know his own diseased state of impotence when he attempts to do what is commanded. Martin Luther from his book, Bondage of the Will. When the true function of the law is applied to our hearts, we will find it impossible to eradicate one iota of the evil proclivities of our heart. And now, being in agreement with God, we will feel the weight of original sin and genuinely feel that we should be condemned to hell. And Martin Luther says, The damned are suffering so severely because they were unwilling to be damned. Martin Luther extrapolating from Romans 9.3. Can any of us say that our hearts are pure? Proverbs 29. Who can say, I have made my heart clean, that I am pure from my sin? Can we say the following? Psalm 143, verse 2. And enter not into judgment with thy servant, for in thy sight shall no man living be justified. Do we know that as natural men, we will never be found innocent in God's courtroom? We must be made a new creation, become a spiritual man, and have received the gift of faith that we might apprehend Christ's righteousness by faith in order to be found innocent in God's courtroom. Those of us whose hearts are yet to be circumcised by God in order that we might see the evil proclivities of our heart as he does, are not willing to be damned. And that is precisely the reason we will be damned. Proverbs 13, 13. Whosoever despises the word shall be destroyed, but he that feareth, that is, keeps on fearing the commandment, shall be rewarded. So let us ask God to make us fear the commandments knowing God demands perfection and use the commandments to expose the evil proclivities of our heart that we might haste to apprehend the righteousness of God by the gift of faith. Romans 3.28 Therefore, we conclude that a man is justified by faith without the deeds of the law, verse 20. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, that is, by attempting to follow the law partially, which is all we can do, no man will be found innocent in God's courtroom, for God demands perfection. Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight. Justified means found innocent in God's courtroom. If we attempt to follow the law, we will not be able to follow it perfectly. And therefore, we will be found guilty in God's courtroom. For by the law is the knowledge of sin, not virtue. For by the deeds of the law, we will always come up short of perfection. And so the law should throw us to the feet of Jesus, crying out for mercy, that he might give us a hand up saying, I've got your back covered. For I have fulfilled the moral law for you. And here is the gift of my faith that I give to you, that you may apprehend my righteousness by faith. Verse 21. But now the righteousness of God without the law is manifested or revealed, being witnessed by the law and the prophets. Verse 22. Even the righteousness of God which is by faith of Jesus Christ. It is Christ's faith given to us as a gift that enables us to apprehend Christ's fulfillment of the moral law for us. That is, we apprehend His righteousness by His faith, which is given to us to be as our own faith. Again, even the righteousness of God, which is by faith of of Jesus Christ, unto all and upon all them that believe, for there is no difference. Let us conclude by beseeching God to make the doctrine of original sin is sin, to again be at the forefront of our preaching in America, and that by the trickle-down effect, John Q. Public in America will learn to govern his sin nature, that America will again become the most moral country in the world, an envy of the world because of the stability of our families and schools, which are so very important in a free society. Abraham Lincoln knew the importance of our schools, The philosophy of the classroom becomes the philosophy of the government, the next generation. Abraham Lincoln. Samuel Adams knew the importance of knowledge and virtue to the survival of our country. We as Americans need to wake up to the fact that we have lost our government schools to the left and The only way to fix the public education system is to put it into competition through school choice by means of the government money being legislated to follow the student to the parent's choice of a school, private or public. That would be, in Washington state, $16,000 per student. Secondly, we as Americans need to wake up and ask why and who is causing the cultural rot in this country. It is we as Americans that have allowed the free will church to preach smoother things to us than is allowed by God. We need to again support the bondage of the will churches who will put original sin on the front burner and that man is so depraved that we as Americans cannot accept or reject Jesus, but he must reveal himself to us, again putting us in a dilemma where we are not in control of our eternal destiny, leaving us in a very humbling position before God. When this doctrine again becomes dominant, the morality of John Q. Public will again return through the trickle-down effect. When the true Jesus is again preached, truth about the depravity of our human condition will be preached And when truth is preached, it will, on its own, rise to the top like cream, and the trickle-down effect upon John Q. Public will be beautiful. We are Americans. We can take the tough talk of our human condition, for it will make us a better people, and we will be envied around the world. So let us again get behind the bondage of the will preachers as happened in the 1600s and the 1700s in early America. We have come to a pivotal point in our nation where we must get out from under supporting parties which support man's law of morality and put ourselves back under God's law for morality. By forming a new party called the American party, our founding fathers looked to victory to defeat the tyranny of England who had the mightiest military in the world. By depending upon God, to fight for them. Let us read the last sentence of our Declaration of Independence. And for the support of this Declaration of Independence, with a firm reliance on the protection of divine providence, we mutually pledge to each other our lives, our fortunes, and our sacred honor. Lastly, let us listen to Moses speaking to his people. Leviticus eighteen twenty-two: Thou shalt not lie with mankind as with womankind. It is an abomination. Defile not yourself in any of these things. For in all these the nations are defiled, which I cast out before you. That the land spew not you out also when you defile it as it spewed out the nations that were before you. To be continued, may the Lord bless thee and keep thee in the name of Jesus. Amen.